Part three of our interview with former plural wife Kathleen Covington coming up next on Polygamy, What Love Is This? Hi, and welcome to this audio edition of Polygamy, What Love Is This? with host Doris Hansen. On this program, we discuss polygamy and Mormon fundamentalism from a biblical Christian perspective. We talk about the history of polygamy, its modern-day fruit, share stories from people who have escaped polygamy, and talk about current events relating to polygamy. You can learn more about the video edition of this program at whatloveisthis.tv. And now, here's Doris. We have been talking with Kathleen Covington about her life, not only of being born and raised in a polygamous family and a polygamous group, but being a plural wife twice, not just once, but finally able to escape and gain her freedom, but not without a fight. We welcome again for part three of our discussion with Kathleen Covington, and welcome, and we're going to this time talk about your fight. Thank you. (laughs) (laughs) Because getting out of a polygamy group can be just as horrendous and just as mind-boggling and traumatic as living in a polygamy group and suffering in. So we're going to talk about your getting out of polygamy this time and what happened after you left. So explain to our viewers, explain to us what particular event or teaching that caused you to realize polygamy is wrong? It was, well, number one, God did not confirm to me ever that he supported what I was doing, even though I believed with a sincere heart that I was following after what God wanted me to do. So being sincere doesn't necessarily mean it's the truth, just because you're sincere. Exactly. But you didn't have that commitment or that confirmation while you were still married to either husband. No, no. That came later. I expected it to to happen because that's what I'd been taught all my life. That's what I believed with all my heart. Um, mm-hmm. So I expected that to happen, but it never did. And you know, Kathleen, many people say, why do they put up with this? Why do they do this? How can they believe such things? But when, we're, when we are ta- taught from the cradle that this is the only, it's the only way we know, and we yeah. do believe it. Mm-hmm. We do believe we it. We do with all our hearts. Right. Right, no matter what, it's, it's believable. Although questions come up and, and did in my childhood, I even when I left, I still thought I had left the only way I could get to heaven. I still thought, and I had rejected it. Uh, and many people say the same, exactly mm-hmm. the same thing. But you never had that commitment that it was wrong yet, even when you divorced the second time in polygamy. You still didn't know polygamy was not God's way. Well, I knew polygamy was not God's way even after the first. I had opened, I'd prayed and I'd opened the Book of Mormon and it came to Jacob and explaining why it was, you know, abominable or whatever to God. Mm-hmm. And that same verse, every time I left, I the same verse would come up. So I knew at that point in time that polygamy was wrong. I'd gone the second time into polygamy because I still believed it. But 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 even the Book of Mormon told me polygamy was wrong. So what did your mind do with that contradictory information? You're believing it's right and so you live it, but the Book of Mormon tells you it's wrong. What did you do with that contradiction? Put it on a shelf because everybody else was telling me different. I yeah. went along with what everybody else around me was saying and believing and doing. 
Somebody said they put so many things on the shelf it finally fell down. Mm -hmm. That to, happens to a lot of people, I understand. What it was. So you you initiated a breakup with Dennis Matthews, and what happened? Did you get a, another one of their ceilings uh, released? How did that work? That's interesting. <laughs> um, <laughs> this is kind of unique, too. Um, I left, um, and I went down. We were about... Oh, 45 minutes, half an hour, 45 minutes from the Granite Ranch, which is out in the Utah West Desert. <coughs> so I went to the West Desert and waited for him to try to do something to bring me back. And I waited about three or four months in the same place. I was only just a short distance away. He could have called me. It wouldn't have been long distance. He never once even tried to initiate any, any conversation or anything. He had no interest mm. in me getting back. Mm -hmm. And so eventually I tried to find a place around there. Of course, that's run by polygamists in the West Desert area. Um, I could not find a place to rent. I still like the area because I do like wide open spaces. Mm -hmm. So uh, that, that got slammed in my face. And so I moved to um, San Pete County. And my ex followed and talked with my children, was telling them what they could and couldn't do. I had my daughter run away because I did not have the finances to bring her to visit her dad. Mm -hmm. um, so when you left, when you actually, the break has happened now mm -hmm. and you're no longer his plural wife. They just left it. They just left it as is. What did you have to leave behind? You left your children behind. What? Well, I, uh, yeah, I left my oldest at the beginning. Um, he wanted to stay. He did not support me. He came there about three or four months later. He'd probably lost about 15, 20 pounds because mm. they wanted him to work, but they didn't want to feed him. Like so he finally got hungry enough to uh, come back to mom. And then he and was... how old was he? He was uh, 17. I was not, you know, mm. he's old enough. I couldn't force him to right. not to go. Right. And he came back and, and stayed with me for a while and lived with me. But in the meantime, you've got... Dennis calling my children when I'm not mm -hmm. home. He wouldn't call me, but he'd call my children right, and manipulate right, me. Because that's manipulation, right. So so when a woman is, is on the verge of leaving and in the process of leaving and just really making the break, mm -hmm. just cutting the connection, th there's a lot of resources that we need, a lot of help that is needed. Most of them don't get the kind of help that they really do need. Uh, what resource would have helped you the most when you first reached that point, when you first left? Um, a safe place to take my children and me where we could, I could get my bearings. Um, I left in 95 and some of the things that are in place now were, some of them weren't even thought of. Yeah, some of them have only come about in the past few years. It's yeah, very, very so true. there's things open now. Um, I would have loved to have somebody to talk to and, and, and process some of this stuff because I only had myself. Mm -hmm. And um, I decided that I should join the Mormon Church because I was taught the Mormon Church was right. Um, so if it wasn't in the, the AUB, it would be in the Mormon Church. It would be supposedly a lesser, but I really mm -hmm. didn't care. I didn't want to live polygamy for eternity and have babies forever. Did you know the Mormon Church believes you have to live polygamy for eternity? <laughs> yeah, I know. I actually uh, wrote to President Monson after the last <laughs> case with uh, the Mormon Church. A bishop um, helped my polygamist ex-husband Dennis Matthews take my youngest son away and uh, so I wrote to President Monson about it told him how I felt about it and um, I wrote two or three letters the last letter um, he didn't want me contacting him anymore um, but 
um, the bishop asked me, was told to ask me, do I know the difference between a policy, a principle, and a commandment? And that was the Mormon Church leadership's answer to that question about polygamy. Policy, uh, a policy, principle, or a commandment. commandment. And so where are they at on those three? Where, or where is the church at? What am I supposed three? to assume when they won't tell me a yes yeah, or no answer yeah. whether or not they're going to, whether they believe in polygamy or not? Yeah. But that is their answer. Yeah. What is the difference between a policy, a principle, or a commandment? Yeah. Well, we were told when they did that Sweden rescue that, yes, the Mormons still do believe in polygamy. No, they don't live it right now. That was their answer then. So I would assume that. And that came through quite they, a bit of pressure. They, cha they changed through different pressures, yes. Okay, so have you ever been worried? Uh, now, you, well, well, before we go to this question, let's go to your experience in the LDS Church. You joined the LDS Church because you thought, well, out of the two, this one, I'll be okay here, too. At least they're not living so, polygamy. And, how and long were you there? You joined in 95? I joined in 98. I had to, I had been excommunicated because Dennis had gone on the um, Salt Lake Tribune and the news as being a polygamist, and they had gotten my name, and, and they had excommunicated me from the Mormon Church. So I had to earn my way to speak with uh, one of the leaders of the Mormon Church to be reinstated back into the Mormon Church. So it took about three years. Three years, and so you were in a total of, uh, you were in the Mormon Church membership a total of how many years? Um, I, 98 to 2013. 13, several years. Yeah. You were, did you love being a Mormon? No, I was still struggling. Um, I was a single parent who was not getting married. Um, who never got married, who was trying to go through school and they had issues, my children had issues, you know, their tithing money was going sometimes to help support me. Um, the attitude that came across to me was you should have stayed in polygamy because that's where you belonged. You know, um, it was never spoken but it was just kind of like I was still on the outside looking in. Really? and trying to gain acceptance in the Mormon Church, which never happened. Never did happen. Never did happen. Um, you know, I, I followed it, I went to church, I had a temple recommend, I had everything, I was paying tithing, I was doing everything that was required, but it was just never enough. Never happened. No. Um, so you were labeled then as having come from a Mormon fundamentalist. Were there feedback or, or any backlashes actually from members of the LDS Church because you had been a fundamentalist? Because they looked so, they looked down on fundamentalists mm -hmm. and Mormons too. But at the same time, they respect them because because they're doing what Joseph Smith did. So there's kind of a dichotomy yeah, there. There is, going there on. is, and that was the issue. Is I had chosen a lesser one to join the Mormon Church. I should have stayed where I was. Really. Yeah, that, that was the uh, time, diff ward after ward that I went to, that was the, the, the attitude that came and, across And where, where were the wards at? What towns or cities? Um, I did in San Pete County. I was in two different wards. Um, then I moved to, C to um, Price area, and it was the attitude there. I moved to Cedar City. And that was the attitude there. I moved to Caliente, Nevada. That was the attitude there. Oh, well, there. my goodness. The FLDS owns Caliente. I know. Um, <laughs> and the leadership of the Mormon Church, believe it or not, was a little bit better about it there. Huh. But um, the, all the different places I lived, um, even when I went up to Alaska, it was still the same general attitude. Hmm. But the I wonder if it's because of your all-red 
heritage or something else? I think it's that my background from from polygamy to to the LDS Church. It, I just didn't yeah, fit in. Yeah. I just wasn't wasn't I wasn't okay. And I had a large family. Um, yeah, you had a lot of kids. So when um, when you left and you found yourself alone, it obviously affected you emotionally. Yes. Explain your emotional state um, that you were in and how you dealt with it, and how long did it take? Um, I a lot of confusion, um, a lot of attacks. Still, it didn't stop the attacks. They weren't as bad until the other women left after five years because they got tired of being treated. You know, he needed somebody to attack or pick on, and when I wasn't there, he it it fell onto the other women, and they just mm -hmm. said, "That's enough." And after they left. Then he, he exerted, you know, um, going through the Utah courts, Child and Family Protective Services. Um, he had a warrant out for my arrest through one of his false charges. At one point in time that I wasn't told because it was in Nevada and I lived in Utah, so I was never even notified, so I never came to my hearing. So there was a $100,000 reward out for me uh, to catch me. They were already ready to pull me in and, and put me in jail. And I turned myself in at that point in time. I told the judge what was going on. The judge let me out on my own recognizance. And um, they basically used that particular case to keep my son away from my youngest mm -hmm. son away from me until mm -hmm. he was of age. And so you basically were emotionally blackmailed and harassed and re-harassed over and over and over again. It didn't again. matter what state I was in. It didn't matter where I moved. He was always there. I'm sure he followed through my children. Um, Child and Family Services made a case when I was in Alaska saying that they thought I lived in um, Cedar City and there was a case of abuse. Um, it's clear when I lived in Alaska and what he'd done is he'd called Alaska and they said, oh, this is a, a dispute about a, a divorce. Um, we're not going to get in it. So mm -hmm. he called Child and Family Services that supported polygamy because there are some people there that do. I know, they do, yeah. And um, they made a case for me in Cedar City, Utah over uh, an abuse case. And they knew, they, they called me to Alaska. They sent letters to me in Alaska. They knew I was in Alaska. I wasn't hiding anything. But the case was, was created in Cedar City. Mm -hmm. And it, it was still supposedly held because they believed I lived in Cedar City. So you joined the LDS Church and then you decide to leave because you discovered it wasn't led by God. How did you discover that? Um, it was with my letters to President Monson mostly over um, polygamy. I knew polygamy wasn't of God. By then I'd figured it out. Yeah. I'd entered it because it was pleasing to God, but I'd realized that hell that's doesn't come from God. It just doesn't. Um, so I had um, realized that that wasn't, and after going through that and um, just j figuring things out on my own, it's like, this is not my belief. This isn't, this isn't who I am. These leaders are not led by God. In order to leave the AUB, I had to realize these leaders are not led by God. They're led by men. When I found out the same with the, the, um, the Mormon church, they're not led by God. They're led by men. Mm -hmm. um, I left the Mormon church. Um, and then I was struggling with, what do I really believe about God? I decided cognitively to believe in God, but I didn't know who he was or what he was or what he had, you know, anything to do with him anymore. Um, as I went back to trying to figure out what I really believed, not what I'd been told to believe, right. but what I really honestly, sincerely believed. 
um, I went back to the short period of time as a child that I had read in the Bible about, you know, God and who he is and what he does. And so that was a little bit of something. Um, mm -hmm. For four years, I didn't touch a, any church. I didn't want to be betrayed. I didn't want to be led astray. You I didn't want to be lied to anymore. Yeah, right? I, I'm tired yeah. of lies. I'm tired yeah. of this. Yeah. Um, and so I just chose to believe in God, but I didn't know what I believed, you know. Um, I didn't study. I didn't do anything. I didn't, you know, do anything to find out, which was stupid, but I'm still trying to untangle. Mm -hmm. uh, I had journey. panic attacks one after the other. I was severely depressed. I was trying to deal with that. I didn't have time to go out and study who God was. Yeah. Um, and then at the end of last December, um, I was in a really bad situation. I was trapped. I didn't know myself how to get out of it. And um, I finally am driving to work, and I just told God in with sincerity, I have tried my way for years and years. I have tried it doing my way. I says, and it's not working. You take control. You take the will. You be the one. Show me. You know, you take control of my life. Um, that evening, somebody I hadn't even talked to for like 25 years said, hey, if you need a place to stay, it's here. And I said, well, maybe in a couple of months, you know, because I wanted to get out. But, um, and then um, within three or four days later, I was propelled out of the situation. I had to tell this person, um, uh, guess what, I'm on my way. And she's going, <laughs> <laughs> And I stayed at hers uh, for about two weeks. When I got there, I'd driven from California to Salt Lake. Um, over you know through the day I hadn't slept the night before and she's like well if you want to you don't have to but if you want to there's a meeting down here in I think it was in or in Provo area and um, if you're willing I said sure you know I turned my life to God I wasn't going to control it anymore if he wanted me to go to a meeting I'd go to a meeting and um, I was with uh, Becky White's younger sister Jenny and uh, Becky was there, and she told me a little bit about God and what had happened and, mm -hmm. you know, relationship, because she's been through a lot of this herself. And I'm like, and then when we got into, um, it wasn't a full-fledged chapel service, but it was enough. It was very different. I felt out of, like a fish out of water, <laughs> but that was okay. I didn't expect, you know. The Christian service was so different, Yeah, it was it? so extremely wasn't different. It? And was, then it I, a, was it uh, in your experience was it positive different it was positive different the guy was going through the bible and showing explaining the difference in uh revelations to what was happening in the world now and i'm like this is fascinating i want to go back we didn't <laughs> but i wanted to go back and hear more about it because that was mm -hmm. something that interests me mm -hmm. you know in the mormon church it was you know support the living prophet testimony of joseph smith blah 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 here i'm learning about things in the bible that mm -hmm. are important to me exactly, exactly. um then I went to church with her the next Sunday, um, and we sang and praised God for half an hour. And I've never in my life done that. The spiritual that that background, the spiritual buildup of that was beautiful. That, that's what happened to me the first time I went to a Christian church. I'd never darkened the door of a Christian church before <laughs> in my life. It was the very first time. I was alone. I wasn't with anyone at all. And it was the first Sunday in December. Um, and they were singing Christmas songs, mm -hmm. only they were all the Christian songs. They weren't, you know, Deck the Halls, but, but they were the, the hymn Christian song, uh, Christmas songs. And it just hit me. And I just started to cry. I've come home. I finally come home. Why did it take me so long? 
all they do is sing about Jesus. Yeah. That's what yeah, it's yeah, all yeah. about. It's yeah. not about Joseph Smith. It's not about some ding-dong guy that did this or didn't do that or something else. Mm -hmm. It's about Jesus, Jesus, and only Jesus. And that's the case. And I found as, and, you know, I'm found, God led me to find out things as I was ready for them. I'd say, well, God, what about this? Okay, so what about the difference in, why do Christians call Mormons, why do they say they're not Christian? So we get with Jeff Durbin. Jeff Durbin sits here and, and argues with a Mormon about the differences of Mormonism and Christianity. I've probably gone over that one 20 times, watched it all the way through. It's like an hour and 15 minutes. Mm -hmm. It's like my heart was dying oh. to know this information. I needed to know this information. Yeah, and he's just led me step by step as I'm ready. You know, I've got in, into different groups and different things to teach me. You know, I'm finding out, okay, I can go to a Christian church. It doesn't matter which one as long as they follow the Bible. Mm -hmm. You know, I can get baptized in the Baptist church, and I can become Lutheran, and I, I don't have to be baptized right. again. I don't have to go through everything because they, the, the essentials are still the there. Mm -hmm. It's the same. The Christian churches might argue about non-essentials, but the essentials are the same, and that was taught. Well, taught and, and by the, the apostles the during after Christ died. The Christians don't really argue about them. They just have no. a different focus where they mainly yeah. focus on one thing more than what the other one does. But like you say, the essentials are there. Jesus died for us because we're sinners and need a Savior. He was uh, buried. Mm -hmm. He came back out of the grave three days later. He was seen, and he has promised that if we will believe that and trust that exclusively, we, he will save us. Mm -hmm. and, and all Christian churches that are genuine Christian churches use that alone as our saving grace and nothing else. Exactly. Not baptism, not temple, mm -hmm. not marriage, not polygamy, none of that other garbage. And it is garbage, really. It is garbage. God, Paul well, calls it um, dung. Yeah. And another thing you've got is, you know, with these Christian churches, if they're preaching wrong doctrine, you're told yourself to question everything. Exactly. The, the Christianity <laughs> teaches you to find out for yourself. Exactly. Christianity teaches you, if you have questions, go to the Bible. Mm -hmm. So if the preacher's up there and is saying something that you don't agree with or doesn't feel quite right, you go to the Bible and you find out. Mm -hmm. You don't go to what the latest Mormon prophet has said. You right. go to the Bible because it's already been established long ago. I think it was Kim, uh, not Kimball, um, Hinckley that said, that they're supposed to read only any faith-building material because too many people are studying themselves right out of the church. And yet the Bible says, study to show yourself approved exactly. of God. So he's telling you not to do what the Bible tells us to do. Of course, that happens many, many times, but I think that's very interesting. That's exactly what you did. You started to study yeah. and compare the two. And when anybody does that honestly, really seeking, wanting the truth, it'll happen. Oh yeah, definitely. Yeah, and definitely. You're, you're a living example of it, so am I, and so well, are many yeah. other Christians that we know as well. It's only been, what, nine months? Eight, nine months since I left? Since oh. I finally gave control of my life to God? And you've got yeah, lots it's more. My life is, it's, I'm in another yeah. world. I, my life is not the same. Mm -hmm. my, it's not even close to what it used to well, be. The Bible says, behold, all things are new. And you're, yes, you're proving it, it just by your words that that's absolutely true. Um, so, um, so now you're, uh, now you're a Christian. A lot of people, when they leave polygamy, even the Mormon church, but we're talking about polygamy here. 
many, too many people leave polygamy and they just throw everything out. They don't want to have anything to do with God because of how they've been taught about God. But everything they've been taught about him is a lie. What did you think about that when you discovered the Christian God as opposed to the polygamy God? <laughs> polygamy God is controlling, cynical. Um, he's just a man who's actually made it to become a God. He's not even that special because there's millions of them. <laughs> you know, um, he, he has limited powers. He can't do much. He, you know, there's no way he can look in on our lives. We're not that important to him, but we're a way up there as far as, you know, becoming a God because that exalts man. Um, the Christian God loves me no matter what. I, you know, I keep telling Mormons it blows their mind. I have the Holy Ghost, you know, and I didn't get it from the Mormon Church, <laughs> and it doesn't leave me. The Mormon Holy Ghost left and came it and got left not. at will. Mm -hmm. It came and went at will. The real Holy Ghost does not come and go at will. He is there He's all promised. the time. Jesus promised in John that yes. when we receive the Holy Spirit, He will be with us forever. Exactly, and that's a promise from from Jesus. And it's it's true. Yeah, it is true. It is true. Even when we make mistakes, and we do, it makes a big boo-boo sometimes. Of course. The Holy Spirit doesn't leave us like the Mormons teach. Exactly. Does. It does not leave us. Isn't it does awesome? it, it tries to help us. It's there. It's part, of, um, it's part of our lives. Well, we've only got a couple of minutes left. So I would like to ask you, um, how many people do you still have, friends and family, you have, or family, do you still have left in polygamy? Most of my immediate family is in polygamy. They still are. Uh, all of my brothers, minus about two, I think two other ones that I'm aware of. So for people who are going to be watching the show, uh, many times polygamy, uh, people who are in polygamy and they maybe they have this nagging desire to get out, but they're afraid. What would you say to them? Um, there, are, there are ways now. And people who've already been through it, who've gone down that road, who can help you, who can reach out, who can listen to you. You know, I needed a place to, to just get my bearings. I needed a place, somebody to hear me out. They're here now. There are people here now. They can point you and help you. They can you point you and help you. Offer resources. Yeah, there are resources, that, uh, attorney resources that were not available when I was going through all this. There are people who um, have offered their homes to those who are in need. There are things, there are openings. Uh, Doris is trying to get up the, the Hager House set up. Um, with God's help, it will be set up. Um, there are ways out, you know, totally set up, not just, you know, starting. He'll finish it. Mm -hmm. God, God thinks bigger than we do, and yeah, He'll finish it he in does. His way. So just so you would just say, take courage and, and take courage and and, uh, and find the truth. Don't throw God out when when you do leave, because God in polygamy is very mean and ornery and ugly, but the real God isn't. He's loving and kind, and um, the greatest. And I, I just wish yeah. that they. That's what I would wish that they would know. The greatest so, thing of all is love. And, and God loves us love. unconditional. Well, we're at the end of time again. It goes uh -huh. fast. Kathleen, thank you so much. Uh -huh. You're welcome for, for joining us. And we do thank Kathleen for the courage to share her story with us. And we pray that there will be those who watch her interview who will take encouragement from her story and make the choice to leave destructive, abusive, polygamous marriages. We offer assistance in confidential conversations with anyone who needs help or advice or rescue. We will help you 
you escape and we will help you after you get out. We will also answer any questions that you may have regarding the pure biblical revelation on eternal life and how to get there without polygamy. And it may surprise you when you discover the truth. In fact, I'm thinking it will surprise you. We'll also clearly explain what polygamy is really all about in the Bible. The most important knowledge to have is to know that Jesus Christ is the only Savior. There's no other way, no other person, no personal works that has the authority or the power to get you into celestial glory. Thanks for watching. This has been the audio podcast edition of Polygamy, What Love Is This? This program is a production of A Shield and Refuge Ministry and Main Street Church of Brigham City. You can view current and past video episodes as well as download audio episodes of this program at whatloveisthis.tv. If you or someone you know is in need of assistance in leaving a polygamous situation, please contact us. We are here to help. All of our contact information can be found at shieldandrefuge.org or call us at 877-425-9993. If you have any questions or comments about this or any of our other programs, we'd love to hear from you. Write us at email at whatloveisthis.tv. Thanks for listening, and we hope you'll join us again.